Hello, everyone. I regret to inform you that Arsenal were not victorious this past weekend, but this is episode three of the Port 3-3 podcast, where we get to listen to Alex gloat about Liverpool starting 3-0. Over to you, Alex. Oof, what a game. What a game. Um, I don't know. Uh, that was pretty well played by us. Uh, a few mistakes, but overall, I'm really happy with the uh, the outcome. Huge win going back-to-back, uh, Chelsea, then Arsenal. Uh, I'm really happy. It's really much all to it. What, do you, what are you guys thinking about it? Was it uh, – what do we have to say about the Liverpool and Arsenal game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to um, talk If I could say a few things, it would be I'm kind of bummed out that uh, Liverpool won because I feel like if Arsenal won that game, that would have been huge for the future of the league and having Liverpool get an early loss in the season would be wonderful. But – um. About the game itself, uh, I thought Arsenal, like, I think they played well. I didn't really see too many, you know, blatant and obvious defensive mistakes. I, that's what I assumed I would see throughout the game was just, you know, errors that lead to goals. But I didn't really see too much of that, if anything. Um, I saw that from the midfield. saw William, you know, out of position a few times, but not so much from the defense. But, yeah, I thought overall – it's a good game. Liverpool is just better in every aspect. And, Great yeah, game. that's why they took the 3-1 lead. And another thing I just want to add on top of that, um, I know Diego, or Diogo Jota didn't have much time, but I think he could be really scary with that front three and how Liverpool play. He's going to be so good for us. I agree. I think he's going to be good, too. He did not look like the type of – bench player that comes on is just lost he like knew what he was gonna do and he was really you can just tell he he worked but sometimes he you could tell he's just he needs to uh that chemistry isn't there but between the three sometimes because i did see one one play with salah yeah uh, the ball was you know rolling towards salah Salah was gonna take it and jota kind of like hesitated to go towards the ball and salah uh left the ball because he thought jota was gonna grab the ball and take it and shoot maybe. But, um, yeah, so they just got mixed up, and then I'm pretty sure Leno just grabbed the ball right off the ground. But if that chemistry does build, which obviously, well, I, I think he's going to be an amazing player. How are you feeling over there, Lucas? Um, you know, I saw the frustrating part from an Arsenal perspective is that we started off – with a clear plan, which was to pretty much give up possession of Liverpool for their back four and in the midfield, and then just decide that if they're going to try to break the line, you're going to have you can have all the runners marked. You're going to keep your shape in a way that when they try to cross the ball in, you either cut it out or you block the shot altogether. So when we did that, and then we had the one nice move where we got it out wide to uh, Ainsley Maitland and Niles, I think he put in a poor cross, admittedly, but luckily Robertson flicked it right towards Lacazette. So then the frustrating part for me is that once we did that, the fact that the lead only lasted two minutes is just unacceptable, in my opinion. It was – if you're going to get a result away from home, when you score the first goal, you have to at least get to halftime. 
with this with the lead intact and the fact that you know obviously it's Salah so maybe I don't know if Leno was expecting him to go near post or something but that save to put it just directly up to Mane's foot you know we're we're trying to be a top four team that's just not good enough you know and then after that I just had a bad feeling because we had worked so hard defensively that I knew that towards the end of the game we're going to not have as much energy and uh, holes are going to start to open up, and that's exactly what you saw when Jota came on and was just kind of memeing on us because the game became more stretched. He had more time to go one-on-one. I thought Rob Holding played a wonderful game. He's someone that always gets kind of – in. Uh, he's never really give, given the credit he deserves, in my opinion. As Zach said, I don't think our defensive players made a lot of the mistakes. I think Leno, that, that should have been a – a more convincing save getting that out of the box. I think William should have tracked back for the second one. And then the third one, I think I'm not going to nitpick David Louise, but it was a weak clearance of the header. And at the end of the day, you know, Liverpool, if they were making us chase the whole game and if you don't have anything to protect, you're just going to get more and more tired as the game goes on. And then by that time it was over, which is frustrating for sure. We talk about the stats. Um, Arsenal having, 34% possession with Liverpool having 66. Arsenal making 395 passes with Liverpool making 772. And I understand that it's at Anfield, Liverpool, you know, they're home, they have confidence. But do we feel like this is the best way, the best tactic to beat a team like Liverpool? Um, what do you guys think about that? I think with Arsenal's current personnel, 100%. I think this is the way, because when you see the way Liverpool play when they have possession, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold are pretty much wingers. So you have you want to invite them up for that pressure. You want Arnold and Robertson to push up the field so that when you win the ball, hopefully Leno, if he comes, collects a cross that they're going in, one of them crosses the ball and Leno collects that. And then if he rolls it out, I think the biggest problem is in the first half, we played so much worse than we did in the second half. And that's because we didn't have Danny Ceballos in there, who's a player that wants the ball and has the ability to kind of break the line where he played in uh, Lacazette twice off of like fast breaks where we got the ball from our defensive end. we made a couple passes. Ceballos finds a perfect ball catching either. I think both times it was the left side. So it was, he was catching Robertson and Van Dyke or Gomez weren't on the same page. Broke the line with that perfectly, but then Lacazette fluffed his lines twice, which is not good. I mean, he started – he has three goals in the first three games, but, you know, it's fine margins in a league like this. So I think that if we did have a player like Awar, for example, and Thomas Partey, I think that's when Arteta – Arteta doesn't like to play like this, but he will not go – He will, Arsenal will not get anything by playing the right way and just getting Goomba stomped by going out open against Anfield – and trying to have Xhaka go, like, like sprint for sprint with someone like uh, Wijnaldum. Like, that's just not going to end well for Arsenal. And yeah. I'd rather have this result where it's a clear defensive strategy that, at the end of the day, we didn't finish our chances. We made too many mistakes in the back, and that's why we lost, instead of us being open and getting smacked, like, 6-1 or something because we tried to play the right way. Uh, I agree with you a little bit. Um, I mean – you guys aren't – you don't have all your players kind of for the future yet. Um, you're still kind of figuring it out with Arteta, getting more players to then go on and push a little bit. But you also have to look at a, a lead side that uh, 
newly promoted, they have the certain way they play, even if it is so similar to Liverpool. Um, Leeds take it to you. Uh, I just looked up at the uh, stats of that game, and Leeds had 52% possession. I saw that. That was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I and did. I agree with and I agree with everything you're saying. I saw, like, I was watching the Leeds game, and honestly, they were not scared to just take it at them, just attack, 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 and not sit back. And for a bunch of, you know, newly promoted players, honestly, like I said before, it actually seemed like they were – they felt like they belonged in the top four, like they had some sort of pride in them, that they won't sit back, that they're going to attack. And um, Leeds had three shots on target. But yeah. no, 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 Lucas, they did have three shots on target, but, like, in terms of how much of the ball they had on Liverpool's, you know, attacking third and their kind of that side of the pitch, um, it was a lot – there was a lot of that. If you rewatch that game, you would not – I'm like, not if saying you, that If you watch Chelsea versus Leeds, you can easily – you would – if you were not a soccer fan, you would probably think that Chelsea was the newly promoted team. It's it, it just how it looks because, you know, I mean, Chelsea did have a red card, but. I don't um, give credit, though, for possession, just for possession's sake. Like, if I I like if our, if our, I would rather have Arsenal have 20% possession, but every time we attack, we have a coherent move that leads to a shot on target versus us just passing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and just too scared to attack and too scared to make a mistake trying to find it someone in between the lines and just having like holding play it to. David Luiz, swing it to Kolasinac, swing it to Saka, and then back and forth like that. Because then we, we could do that. Like, Arsenal is technical enough where we could just pass around the back five and finding maybe a midfielder every once in a while. But Liverpool's press is in such a way that if you do that and you never play a dangerous ball that might risk giving up possession, you're not going to score on them. You're going to have to take risks. And I think if that – you do – like you – Lucas, if you – if you do beat that press, that's where the fun comes. Like the attacking third, that's where it's open. You know, Liverpool like they have they like to press, and uh, you know the the CDMs, Fabinho and Henderson usually like to sit back and intercept those killer passes. But if you do beat that press, that's where the you know your attack starts to flow. But you were saying that you'd rather sit back and let the attack come to you, and then come up with a coherent attack once you get the ball. But that leads to goals. Like when Liverpool is just banging you constant, just waves of yeah. attacks. You know if what I mean? If you have it, the yeah. ball, like Leeds, 52% possession, you have the ball and Liverpool does not have that many, you know, opportunities to score. Yeah, they did score uh, four goals. One of them being a late PK, but um, still, you know, for a team that played Liverpool for the first time in I don't, I don't know how many years, um, they just – they felt like they had a plan. They knew what they were going to do. And I feel like this tactic that Leeds showed was, I feel like, the way to beat Liverpool rather than sitting back. I don't – I mean, look at the losses Liverpool had last season. I think Atletico was the most glaring one where, like, in that tie, Atletico did exactly what Arteta was planning, and they just executed it flawlessly. Yeah. And their only other loss was Watford, and that was Ismaili Sar. I don't think Watford really took it to Liverpool. I think Ismaili Sar was quick on the counterattack. They yeah, took advantage right. of like a Van Dyke. Mis- I think I forget who the mistake was, but for the second goal, Dini finished after a mistake. But I don't think I think Liverpool want teams that are going to press up against them because they're confident that they have Mane, they have Salah, who are just great individual one-on-one pacey players. Where 
if they're going one-on-one against a center back or a left back, you know, they're going to want that versus they are having them having like break down a team that's like compact against them. I, I think the, they showed last season they'll beat either side, whichever way you try to do it. But I don't think that – I think they get excited when a team comes out to try to play against them because they they have better individual players at almost every position. So yeah, those are great points. Watford and Athletico both used the counterattack well. I mean, you can argue from both sides, and but um, I feel like in order to use, play, you know, counterattacking style – against Liverpool, you're just hoping Liverpool just sucks that day on the offense. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're just going to hope that Trent Alexander-Arnold doesn't swing in a beautiful cross because he crosses the ball, like, at least 12 times a game, or, you know, minimum. And you're just hoping that one of them doesn't connect or two of them. And it's just, like, a lot of hoping when you're sitting back rather than, like, let's – Let's believe in our players and take it to them like throughout the game consistently. I don't know. We'll see throughout the season which which seems to work more, and I'm excited to see uh, which tactic is seems to be the better one against Liverpool. John, you got any thoughts? I know we've been talking a lot about this. Mm. Just from watching the game, it could have. Liverpool had control of the game for more of the game, but Flakazev finished his – he had two really good chances. If he puts either of those away, then it's tied with 15, 20 minutes left and anything can happen. So I don't really think it was a bad performance by Arsenal, but it just goes to show that Liverpool is just winners win and they just always seem to find a way. And kind of to touch on – uh, just in general, our predictions. You're getting just ravaged by injuries. They're not going to have Aguero or Jesus for over a month, it looks like. So and they started with Sterling at striker against Leicester, and that did not work well, clearly. So if Liverpool can build up a lead at the top again this year, it's going to be hard for City to challenge. So really important yeah it's it's already looking like Liverpool is taking the league title once again but um Alex did you see Lacazette's uh FIFA 21 card just a fun fun thing to uh, mention the seasonal thing is that what you're talking no just his regular gold card for FIFA 21 ultimate team is non-rare I don't know I feel like that's cap (laughs) I feel like that's cap yeah, it's an 83 non-rare. And it seems like, like EA knows what they're doing because that is awesome. Lacazette was s- terrible against He was not terrible. I'd say he's terrible. Dude. Those the two chances, chances he, he should have finished. But he also is, he scored in our last two games, and he scored to tomorrow, like yesterday. So I don't think <laughs> he it did, was he did, terrible. He did score against Liverpool, but that goal he scored, you can't. You can't get any luckier than that like honestly it's i mean that was a better finish than it looked because allison was on the line so he purposely put it down to chip him but i mean the one-on-ones he's got to be tucking that away i think if he because the first one i think was probably offsides and i think if he had just not taken that shot because he tried to chip him and allison saved it Mm -hmm. so that that's what i think messed him up for the second one whereas if he had just like not taken the first shot and just like reset he would have just been more confident to chip Allison the second time instead of 
going for like trying to finish it through him. And yeah, I think that's kind of what botched it for him. But possibly that that seems like that would happen. But I don't know. I feel like if it was Morata from Chelsea that had the same performance, scored a lucky goal and missed two, like a crucial one v one, everyone would be bashing him. You, you know it too. You especially, Lucas. Oh, he, like he but he has bashing. been bashed. But I'm not gonna bash him when the only reason why. He scored the game. He scored the opening goal of our season opener. He scored our opening goal last game. He scored the opening goal this game. So he's already played. He's playing better than he did last season. You know, strikers miss easy chances sometimes. And the last time a striker of ours missed an easy chance, it was a bombing in the Europa League. He proceeded just going to tear for the rest of the season. So hopefully, that is true. Lacazette doesn't. Yeah. We'll see. The other shock, you guys kind of alluded to it, but Leicester destroyed City 5-2 after my bold City 3-1 prediction was just torn up by halftime. The one th- I have never ever I can't trying to remember a game where Arsenal got two pens in one game. Arsenal barely got any pens, but Lester out here getting three pens a game. That is just obviously they deserve to win. They outplayed them, but I don't know how defensively you just give up three pens in one game. I, did you say three? Yeah, it was three. three. I thought I thought it was two. Wow, it was three. They had another one late on. Yeah, three. Wow. Yeah, that's shocking. Three pens in one game. It was yeah. It was Ake and. Who's this? Walker. Ake actually. Ake was great. He played well. The rest of them, I can't say anything for them. They, they just looked confused. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know when to press. When to, when to, they, they just didn't look like a backline that was one. Because that's what you got to do. You gotta, your backline has to be in sync. They just have to do everything together. And I felt like that backline was just doing – everyone was just doing their own thing. And yeah, it just did we, not look mm-hmm. good. Do you want to touch on that? Uh, transfer that City had today real quick? What was the final cost of that? Because I've read something. Well, they signed Ruben Diaz. Yeah. Now, Pep Guardiola has now spent over $400 million on defensive players. Yep. Man. So, $65 million for Ruben Diaz. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen much of him. Yeah, me either. It but... seems like the build where he is athletic, strong in the air. So, I mean, he can't be worse than how they're playing right now. Given they just ship five, so hopefully he just has that mean look. Quick. I said this earlier, but he has that mean look. I feel like he just has to be decent center back, right? I mean, just look at him. Solid. Looks like a monster. Looks like he wants to kill someone. So I think yeah. he'll be good. How old is he? On the younger side. Oh, 23. Yeah, that is pretty young. I think it's smarter. I think it's smart that they went for him instead of Koulibaly. Yeah, definitely, 100%. And I don't even know what Koulibaly's, like, personal plans are with his career. He's been at Napoli, it seems like, forever and linked to some of the top ten teams in the world and just never gets out and he's only getting older. So, not really sure what's going to happen with him. And it's interesting because people were quoting Koulibaly was going to be more than Diaz, and he's, like, five years older than him. So I don't know how that was like. I, I mean, 
said he made the right decision in the end. Well, I mean, it will yet to be seen whether Koulibaly moves on and for how much. But if he was, if a player five years older was going to cost him like eighty million, eighty-five million, it's a no-brainer yeah. to just. John, John, if he rest. survives this transfer window, then the next one potentially, bro, he could come to Chelsea. Koulibaly. Maybe. I mean, he's not going to be eighty mil next season, so. Would only get cheaper. It's true. Yeah. He seems like he's happy, kind of at Napoli, though. Yeah, it is true. There's been rumors about him leaving, but every season, yeah, never does it happen. Also, yeah, there were some good games this weekend. What do you guys think about the uh, United penalty call after the uh, whistle? Oh man, I genuinely, for the life of me, don't understand how the final whistle can just be like psych. I don't yeah. know how that was. Makes no sense. Yeah. I wasn't watching it live, but I can just tell you for a fact that that would never happen to Arsenal. And that I, wonder, I just cannot I imagine yeah. Arsenal getting a PK wonder, after the whistle yeah. blown. I wonder if it's um because of the United players like surrounding and harassing the ref. I wonder if they just like, you know, accepted the, you know, final whistle. Would they, would they just like not check it or did they check it because they were the, the united players were harassing i made it i feel like is that a thing that they do do they check things after games well, what, i didn't know that that was possible. i don't think so yeah they can't go back to a game that happened like yeah yesterday let's say and be like oh wait we missed a, a penalty true but i'm saying right after the game if something happens that's a good point though happens. alex because like yeah. once the whistle's blown it's game. By that like, logic, you could like game. go back ten days later and just be like, "Yeah, I saw something." Like, people were like, "All right, so Maradona's handball in the World Cup. Can like we have uh, just bring them all back to Mexico? <laughs> have them retake the like game was over. You can't go back and look at that. Yeah. I don't know oh, that okay. So the way it, so I'm watching the clip right here. If you look at the ref. So he blows the whistle, and then before, like, they start to run to him, and then right here he puts his hand to his ear. So someone's talking to him already as soon as the whistle blows, basically saying they're checking it. Before, like, obviously the man, he probably saw the Manu players, like, screaming, but he yeah. was already getting word that, like, they were checking it, like, right there. So there's McGuire pissed, and then he puts his thing to, like, his ear. So, like, that's when – and now the Brighton players start to notice, and then that's when I knew that it was like, oh, no, it's not going well. Yeah, Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, that's when that's when hell broke loose. Look at them. I feel bad for that ref. <laughs> yeah, man. Because at this at this point, I think I don't think he makes a decision anymore. Actually, wait. Does later on? I think he does go over to check. Right. Yes, he he checks after. Yeah. Either way, they just revealed, like, right before we started the episode, they revealed that the Premier League is deciding to loosen up the rules on handballs because they've given six PKs, I think, for handballs since the season started, and they basically are saying they're going to, like, make it more. As Martin Tyler said in the Liverpool game, it's it's been a – we're in a pandemic. Yeah, that's just – Quick pandemic. So he (laughs) goes, checks it, sees it's a handball, and then, yeah – it's yeah. Oh, that's just sickening. That is sickening. Like, it's gone too far. Um, being able to like go into such detail, like the part of the game is that 
some stuff gets unnoticed. Like a ball t- like taps a hand, no one sees it, and then they score. Like now they can just go back and rule it out because they go and look at the video. Like I don't know. And no one like the one I'm looking at the clock. It was only supposed to be five minutes of added time. They scored a ninety plus five, and somehow still, I need to see like that should have been the last kick of the game, regardless. Like, look at this. It's ninety seventh minute, ninety six and thirty seconds, and there's only supposed to be five, and they're still like. Yeah, uh, and Bruno Pan is hundredth minute or something. Yeah, ninety eighth or something. I don't know. Good on him. I'll give him credit because in this scenario, like. Like he's probably he's been waiting like three to four minutes to take this. Like everyone just been like screaming, and then he, he still it away, t- it tucks it, which is nice. But I hate just tough day for Brighton, tough day for the other top four teams hopefuls that are watching. Just man, you just get bailed out for like. You got to feel bad for them too. They <sighs> hit the crossbar like a few times. They just felt like they were gonna win. They just deserved the win. In every way, I mean, they deserved a win. They deserved right. a point. Right. They deserved at least a point. By the way, they were playing, and I guess Bruno Fernandez disagrees. He got quoted saying something along the lines of, "You know, it doesn't matter if you hit the crossbar. Um, and the end of the day, you just need to put the ball in the back of the net, which is true. But United didn't deserve three points that game. Yeah. No shot. Brighton hit the." Post and crossbar five times. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. If there were like five inches, like five inches throughout the whole game, and it would have been like Brighton would have had five goals. Like, yep. and then uh, I saw, so Bruno said that thing, and then I think I saw something where Mourinho fired, fired something back about how, um, like, because Bruno says like the the goal's not like you know two inches bigger, so I mean it's their fault they should have scored their chances, and then Mourinho came out of nowhere and just said something about how the like the penalty box if that was two inches smaller, United would be such a bad team like all their goals are coming from pens. <laughs> it was just Mourinho from far out. Oh man, that is great. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, like there was a headline too about Mourinho where in their Europa League qualifying match, he noticed that the goals before pregame, the goals were too small. They like weren't regulation. He, like there's a picture of him like standing up with his hand up, like proving that like it should be higher up. It was just funny that like that <laughs> happened and then the following game United played, which is like his former club, the team against them hits the woodwork like five times. That's just that's crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think uh, Skullshire should be uh, leaving United soon? I would be shocked if they weren't act, like they should be searching. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of recent departures. Yeah, Pochettino was one, especially since he got turned down for the Barcelona job. He he's looking probably. Player sucks, but I hope he stays for like the rest of the top four. <laughs> True. Very true. <laughs> he is not a good manager. I, I just don't know how they're like. I swear, I don't think Man U fans know how they're trying to play. 
Like they're just so they're so inconsistent. Like I think the biggest sign that a team is a poor manager is when they're inconsistent. Like if you have if you have a manager that's competent, they should be teaching the same things in training sessions day in day out, and you should be getting like not you shouldn't. I'm not saying you should win every game, but you should be playing the same way every single. Like you should have you should look like you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. in the course of a season. Whereas United, some games they like. They play wonderfully, and then some games they just get blown out by just poor sides, and that just is a sign that the manager isn't getting his point across. Got to go. Anything else you guys want to touch on on this quick episode before we? Um, does Zach and John want to go over Chelsea's game? Uh, they were down three nothing, right? Yeah, we were down three nothing. Terrible start. Um, mistake from Thiago Silva, which. I don't think we'll see too much throughout the season because he's oh, an experienced wow. he's an experienced center back, you know. Um and I think he just he just had the jitters maybe. First game, first Premier League game. I don't know why he would have the jitters. It's yeah, against, West Brom's tough. You know, it's against West Brom. But uh like maybe it's because it's the first his first <laughs> Premier League game. Who knows? But uh he made the mistake, that's one no and you know, it was just it went downhill from there. Uh just terrible from Alonzo as well, being out of position, which led to, uh, I think, the second goal. Just poor defensive errors. And um, luckily, Mount scored um, a quick uh, second-half goal to start the second half. And, yeah, that gave us confidence to come back. But terrible game. I can't say really anyone, you know, shined on the Chelsea lineup. Um, Trying to think. Maybe Hudson Adoy out of everyone. Um, what do you think, John? He had a decent game. About just the whole team is just so all over the place. Saw new people coming in and coming in injured and stuff. The team doesn't look right. Like it just won't look right until either Ziyech or Pulisic is back because yeah. Warner's having to play off the left. Yeah, play I can't off the wait. Left with mm. Tammy in the middle. Simply cannot wait till Ziyech is back with Pulisic. If both well, of them are back and Werner's in the middle, then Havertz is underneath him and mounts on the bench, and it just works out for everyone. So, yep. Just gotta Steve wait those two to come out. back, and it's a waiting game for us. Hopefully, we can fix uh, some defensive. Oh, John, uh, what did you think about our defense? today against Tottenham because I thought it looked very good I thought it was very good too uh besides Emerson um on the left side he did he yeah he came on and led to the goal I think it led to the goal he was out of him and Alonzo are competing to see who's worse worse yeah (laughs) the other one's gonna get shipped out to Italy before the end of the deadline so (laughs) It's like Alonzo has all offense, no defense, and Emerson, it's like a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense. You just get a bounce. I'd I'd rather keep Alonzo at this point. Emerson's Mm -hmm. like bad at both versus Alonzo's like good offensively and just like doesn't even try to play defense. (laughs) There was a clip from the West Brom game where some random West Brom player just picked up the ball and just dusted Alonzo. Like, Alonzo had a 10-yard head start, and he's got absolutely blown, like, right by. He's just a clown, but got to save him for 
saving for games in the league against Tottenham. He's got like five yeah, goals. He's a Tottenham slayer. Tottenham for no reason. So, and got to have more respect for him for what he's done for Chelsea than Emerson. Yeah, for sure. He's not really done much. So, that's that. All right. Well, that's a quick summary of uh, the games in this past weekend. Arsenal falling 3-1 to Liverpool and City. To be fair, I thought Arsenal's result is bad. City, who's allegedly another title contender, lost five by five goals at home. That was tragic. At home. That is – so now, I mean, in hindsight, I was pretty disappointed, obviously, that Arsenal lost. But in hindsight, City getting Goomba stomped 5-2 is much more of a worrisome – for their fans, weird weekend all around. And, and it, it um, was a decent week. Anyway. Yeah, did it, like John, like I said before, it's the best week to draw the West Brom. I know we got lucky. In my opinion, you got really lucky. I mean, City losing, Tottenham drawing to Newcastle, um, and yeah, Manchester United barely. If Manchester United somehow. Um, Drew to Brighton and wasn't given that PK. That would have been huge. Yeah, and we're out of the Carabao Cup now, and I'm I'm not even yeah. positive when Champions League resumes, but I'm pretty sure we've still got a bit till that. So Chelsea should be able to get their shit together with fitness mm-hmm. and be able to focus on the league and just cement a spot near the top five, top four. Something t- – I kind of wish – this may sound wrong, but I kind of wish Chelsea – got knocked out of the Champions League early or never made it, got into the Champions League. Because if we, let's say we're in Arsenal's position where you get knocked out of the Carabao Cup, well, that's for us and not in the Champions League, then you just only got to focus on the FA Cup and the Premier League. You remember that 2015, I think? No, 16 slash 17 with with Conte. We We had no Champions League. Yeah, uh, no Europa League. Yeah, we just we just like had just the Premier League to worry about, and that was just so nice for yeah. our players' fitness and well-being, I guess. But uh, you know, hopefully, like we do something. We're in the making Champions a Champions League. League run this year. Yeah, hopefully, but if we don't, I'd be disappointed. I just really want the Premier League to. Be I guess more competitive again. If I if we see another Liverpool, you know, one horse race, that's going to be so devastating. Better hope Arsenal sign a war then. There's rumors. Apparently, our bid got accepted today, which is just splendid news. Because I think I the think, war is coming. I think he'll come. I think we're selling Kolasinac soon, Socrates soon, which means that we might be able to nick Thomas Partey at the deadline. So. We can only we can only hope, pray, dream. get those deals. Dream, dream that we can get both of those two in Arsenal jerseys. We got the number. We have eight and six reserved for them, so they would just slot right in. That'd be just that'd be a dream. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap this up? A nice short episode. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm good. Excellent. All right. Yeah, I think we touched upon everything besides West Ham beating Wolves 4-0. That was shocking in my opinion. 
did not expect that at all. With Wolves dominating in possession, um, seems like they still lost 4-0. Um, did anyone here watch that game or see the highlights? I did not see either of those, actually. Just I saw did. the scoreline and just was dumbfounded. But I didn't expect that. What, what do you guys think? Is that something you'd I've you never been would... the biggest fan of Wolves. I always thought they were a little overrated. No way. Go to Don. Could be big for them. Falling off. Adama's got his mind in Barcelona waiting to go back. And at the end of the day, Jimenez is not as good as people think he is. Really? I think he's got the same build as Morata, but he just can finish. Not too strong, not too fast. Uh, kind of awkward. Yeah, I, I know what John's talking about. Yeah, he has that weird build. Not too strong, not too fast. But I feel like Lewandowski yep. has that build too, and he's good. But he not can, comparing, he's not comparing Jimenez to Lewandowski, but um, I feel like Wolves is in a weird spot because almost everyone there is like openly knowing it's a stepping stone. Yeah, like when people go to obviously any of the top six teams, and even right now Everton or Leicester, I just like Leicester having won the league obviously five years ago, four years ago, and. Everton just actually having some type of history. Those teams, like, those teams can kind of present their self as, like, not a stepping stone as much to the players versus Wolves just are, like, new money. Just there's no there's no way people are going there saying, I want to become a Wolves legend, like that Fabio Silva guy that came in, like the Portuguese wonder kid. There's no chance he's planning on becoming a 12-year Wolves club hero. So, I don't know. We can see them falling off in the next couple years. That's a good point. But you also look at a team like Leicester. I mean, Leicester, you could say, is a stepping stone because, I mean, once they a player from their team does – pretty well. We've seen a few of those people like Mares and Maguire leave to Conte. Um, but I don't know. Leicester have finished, what, top seven or something, top six for the past few years, even after winning the, the league. Um, I don't Leicester know. got lucky getting Brandon Rodgers. Leicester, yeah. Leicester have a, they have a British coach. They have a nice British core, whereas Wolves have a foreign coach and they just have like the Portuguese national team. So <laughs> I feel like having the core, like be an English, if you're playing in the premier league, having a nice, like a couple young English stars is just better in terms of for success. Value. And then like long-term yeah. success, you're going to need some, like, I feel, I feel like wolves, they have a lot of skillful players, but when like, when Declan Rice is bodying you, they don't really have an answer for that. And at least in their current form, like their defense looks shaky, weird. So having like just a couple players that are just like the stereotypical like tucked in shirts, like just never complain, just like run for ninety minutes, or just players. I feel like Wolves just have none in their lineup, whereas pretty much every other team in the league has one, if not. And like usually the lower, newly promoted teams have several, but Wolves got rid of all theirs. West Ham were supposed to be getting relegated, and they just go and clap Wolves. Yeah. Yeah, because West Ham, they have players like Crosswell. They have players like Declan Rice that are just like 
no nonsense. They're just going to like do their job, run the whole time. Don't really complain too much, but I like West Ham's team. They're going to sell. I can I like I like I didn't buy into it, but every Premier League predictions and stuff like I was reading just was throwing West Ham getting like relegated around like so like openly, but their team they've got decent players. But I don't put them in the same category as like the five or so teams that I like would not be surprised at all if they go down. I think it's just because last year they had that their summer transfer window flopped super hard with Howler coming in and supposing to get all the goals that just was awful. He scored today, but I don't even think he gets the start ahead of Antonio anymore. So I don't know. High key, their January window last year saved not only last season, but this season. Suchek seems really good. I like him, and I like that Bowen guy they play on the right. I think both of them are solid players. Yeah. A lot of the, the hype of them getting relegated, though, is the fact that they've had a lot of these players, and they've never done well. Like uh, They've had the Felipe, Felipe Anderson, Michaela Antonio, Cresswell, um, Masuaku as their left back for years, um, and they just haven't done well. Um, last year was another year. They signed Heller, like you said, um, that didn't work out. So, I mean, I saw kind of where the worry was, but I do think you're right in that they they don't seem like a team that should be worrying right now. Um, Declan Rice does seem very good and they always underperform yeah yeah find a way to it's also should give credit did they hire david moyes mid mid-season last year right yeah because he is just like the king of just avoiding relegation someone else sam allardyce yeah sam allardyce i was gonna say he's the ultimate king of just avoiding relegations yeah I feel like he's just. Oh, they called gets... Greeny last year. Yeah, yeah, still that's damn. At random city. Yeah, but Actually. David Moyes came in. He's always solid. He's been. He's a nice. Like he obviously flopped with Man U, but as we've seen in like the past years since Alex Ferguson left, like he didn't flop any worse than the rest of these clowns like Mourinho, Louis Van Hall, Solskjaer. Like he didn't. In hindsight, I think Man U fans were pretty harsh to David Moyes. And if the, I think they would rather, if they could go back, they, they would rather what give happened. him Oh, time. yeah. He was like their best manager in the last six years. But, yeah, Marino gets second place and gets fired. Yeah. That's what happens. They picked Pogba over Mourinho, and Pogba still hasn't settled in. He's he's still been settling in from his transfer like five years ago. I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> That'll be interesting. To he got see. subbed out at like halftime or right after halftime for Fred in their last game. Just yep. Weird. All around. All right, so that's all we have for you guys today. We just wanted to get a nice update in after the Premier League games of Week Three. Look forward to uh, making a post for deadline day. Hopefully it's exciting for teams like Arsenal. We'll see if there are any other surprises. I know I'll always remember the, uh, it was 20, 2011, no, 20, 
13 or 14 when Arsenal signed Ozil on deadline day. It's one of my fondest memories as an Arsenal fan, just completely out of nowhere. Nowadays, it's kind of annoying because everything's leaked. We have Fabrizio Romano always having like two days ahead of everyone else, but hopefully there can still be some surprises left in the window. So make sure to keep an eye on Port Media official Instagram page for that. Uh, Until then, this is us signing off. Peace out there. Peace. Peace. Dub. All right. Do 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 do. Noise.